We're glad to be with you here on another Hoops Post Game Show on 93.7 The Ticket. And we can celebrate another victory for Nebraska tonight. A very game opponent tonight, Stony Brook. Nebraska pushed Nebraska well into the second half, but eventually the Huskers pull away with an 84 to 63 victory to improve to 4 and 0 on the season, 4 and 0 at home, and still undefeated as we kind of inch closer mm-hmm. uh, to the the Creighton game without overlooking Oregon State, I suppose, because a lot of people want Nebraska undefeated for the Creighton game, uh, but uh, we will have to see. Uh, great night tonight. We start with another leader scoring off the bench. A different leading score for the fourth straight game. This time it was Jawan Gary making his uh, season debut. Very efficient 19 points on an 8 of 11 shooting, 7 rebounds. And really started to get it going in the second half, which helped pull away from Stony Brook. He was very key in getting a few buckets um, uh, when they started to make that run. Uh, also, contributions and the double figures tonight, double digits um, from Bryce Williams, who had 17. Kese Tamanaga was 16. And 14 from Rink Moss, who had also added eight rebounds and five assists for your Huskers. Uh, other guys in the scoring column, Jamarcus Lawrence with eight points and five rebounds, four assists himself. Two points, uh, excuse me, four points off the bench from Boogie Coleman and two points off the bench each from Sam Hoigerberg, CJ Wilcher, and Matar Job. Uh, Nebraska once again gets the 84 to 63 victory over Stony Brook. I'm Jake Bakovin in the studio with Harrison Arns. Uh, Harrison, 21 point victory, but it wasn't so easy all night long. Yeah, definitely in that second half, you started to feel a little bit better. Gary, definitely, I'm sure he was feeling pretty good too. He started coming up uh, really big because in that second half is kind of where. It felt like Juan Gary was the guy to kind of make that push to push Nebraska over the edge. Impressed by him. And then obviously another another one of those games where I think you're just hoping for that offense to stay consistent. It looked a little better in the second half. They threw a zone at him towards the end there. Uh, led to a couple more turnovers. They got to clean that up a little bit. You know, just right off the bat, 14 turnovers is just too much. The free throw numbers weren't great, but they still found a way to win, and you're getting good contribution from guys off the bench, and this is kind of going to, I think, be the storyline for a lot of this early season. Who's going to be, you know, sacrificing minutes here down the stretch? Because they're going to be in rotation. There's going to be games where they're still going to have opportunities, um, but we talked about it. No Romel Lloyd Jr. either mm-hmm. out there. He's another guard that's going to be fighting for minutes, so we're seeing it already a little bit on this selection with the matchups, how they're going to try to play it out. But you definitely feel pretty good about some of the key guys that we brought in. Uh, Josiah Alec, I know he had zero points on the night, 0 for 5, 0 for 2. Don't really expect that to be a consistent problem. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a leading scorer by any means, but when he's out there, he's more of that defense rebounder putbacks. He did finish with seven rebounds uh, and assist as well, so I'm not going to worry about him too much. But yeah, you know what you got, I think, in rink mass? We'll see what it looks like when he plays some of those big 10 fives. I think that's going to be the real challenge from him. But so far... He's been one of those pieces that night in, night out, he's going to get your rebounds. He's going to get you points. Uh, he's going to be able to stretch the floor for you. Shot 50% from three again tonight, two for four on the three-point line. Uh, and that's just going to help everyone out. Casey Tominaga, a little bit of a different story, going two for six from the three-point line, not bad, but seven for 11. And that is something we saw last year. When the three-point shot isn't falling for Casey Tominaga, he is still an offensive weapon. You know, it's really impressive for me the way he's able to kind of cut people up inside uh, and just really use – you know, you, I'll say this, when you're that small, you got to be crafty when you're dealing yeah. with the trees. And over and over again, he's been able to do that again. 7 for 11, 16 points on the night. Uh, just impressed by him. And then Williams. Nice to really see him. 2 for 3 from the three-point line, 17 points. And that is one thing. You know, I, they shot 30% from three. 
but you're seeing it that it can really just be anyone just taking off. You know, it was kind of Gary towards the end there. Casey Tominaga, you always know he's going to have it. Uh, guys like Sam Hoiberg, we've seen it before, but it really just feels like a lot of the shooting is going to be a new guy every night with a hot hand. Obviously, you got your guy in Casey, but for the most part, you know, those second, third players that are going to be that next scoring option, it looks like it's just kind of a toss-up right now on who's going to have the hot hand. Yeah, and I like kind of where Rink Moss is at. He seems to shoot about four a ball game, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, sometimes he'll hit one, sometimes he'll hit two, maybe none, uh, but he's at least that threat out there, and it, you can really see, and I don't know, maybe tonight was just kind of the matchup, but he really got going on as far as getting the ball at the top of the key or near, you know, near the perimeter and having a guy run off. I mean, he hit Tominaga twice uh, on cuts. He hit C.J. Wilcher on a cut. And again, maybe Sony Brooks not the best defensive team that they'll, mm -hmm. they'll see all year long. Um, but as Strick was saying, congratulations once again, Eric Strickland, another great <laughs> uh, performance on BTN Plus as the color analyst. Uh, but as he was saying, um, you know, he, he was basically happy that CJ Wilcher finally made the cut and got it going um, because he, he was calling out all game. He's like, he, see, he sees Tominaga doing it, and Tominaga obviously draws a lot of that attention and mm -hmm. is able to get that done. He says, you know, with, with all the weapons that they have, um, cutting to the basket is going to be important. So I think when you see Rink Moss and, and, and kind of start to develop that chemistry, uh, not just with Tominaga, which is, again, important to kind of get that Walker-Tominaga combination they had last year, uh, but to, to be able to, to kind of visualize that all together, he might be one of your leading assist men uh, uh, from night to night just from being able to get those. So, I mean, you expect a few threes from him, a few assists from him, and he did lead Nebraska tonight with five assists. Uh, and, and pretty close to the rebound lead. He had eight, uh, Williams had nine, but he's, he's going to be very central in, in key moving forward. And as I've said, I guess he ends up ranked Moss as your, what, fourth leading scorer. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's fine. Cause some nights his, his 14 to 20 points that he's going to get, uh, that you hope is, is pretty consistent. I, I just think that, you know, he's just, to me, he's just the, the model of consistency for this team to kind of build around. And then, as you said, kind of the re all around the other way. You kind of who's hot, who's kind of having their night that night. Um, but Rink Moss, I think, is going to be a consistent, uh, if it's not leading score, third leading score. I mean, right up there in assists, rebounds, and points as we watch his game develop and watch his chemistry, more importantly, develop with this Husker basketball team. Yeah, and he's he's been, you know, obviously that consistent guy. And it was cool for me to get to talk to, you know, Sam Hoiberg, uh, Jeff Grace the third. They have walk on weekly uh, every Tuesday, and hearing those guys talk about Rink Mass before the offseason again, not really knowing what his game was, and they mentioned that like his playmaking skills, he sees things ahead of time. If there's one guy on the, you know, if you had to guess at this point, uh, not that I'm going to predict it, but to get a triple double every night, he's pretty much he's giving you rebounds, he's going to give you assists, um, he'll get you know turnovers he seems pretty good handle on that doesn't cough it up much he has good hands when they do feed it to him i mean we've seen that here in nebraska there's been you know players before where for whatever reason on the post entry they've had you know just unnecessary turnovers mm -hmm. but he seems to handle it well they're definitely using him seems like a focal point you've seen him you know on top of the key a little bit like Derek walker you're not going to get that bully down the lane but at least set it up and he's got a good enough shot to where you know, you got to pull up on him if he's at that mid-range. Um, obviously, it's a three-point line. You've seen it already, but they're going to have to respect his shooting. That's the one thing that he kind of has over Derek Walker. He's not going to have that bully, that physical size, but guys are going to have to come out. They can't just sit back like they used to with Derek Walker um, and wait for him, to, you know, wait for Walker to come to them. Rink Bass is going to have the ability to pull guys out, and he's shown that with the assist numbers, being able to kind of cut it up left and right, being able to dish his guys the ball, and I definitely think he's going to be a corner piece, and which is good, because right? I think heading into the season, 
at least for me, it was what is that depth at that front court look like? And to have Mass playing the way he is, uh, you hope he stays healthy because oh, yeah. it, it's I tell you, like already just kind of looking at it, it'd be a different team without him on the court, a hundred percent. Well, when we talk about that that front court depth often and say, you know, it's nice to have a few extra seven footers around, but I mean, Stony Brook had two of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stony Brook. Well, and that was kind of part of the night tonight. It wasn't one of those games, and and maybe it was kind of lead you to some of these Big Ten games where they have the low post scoring threat to really that Nebraska would have, I, I should say, to kind of counteract the front court that Stony Brook had or mm-hmm. that Purdue's going to have or, you know, some of these bigger teams in the Big Ten. So they kind of had to find different ways to get in rhythm. I think there's going to be certain games where you kind of do the traditional, okay, you're not getting buckets. Let's try to get an easy one down low with one of our bigger guys. Um, that might be a little bit more difficult to do this year. And as you mentioned, um, I mean, as much depth as they have down there and, and as much bodies as they can throw out, uh, you know, if, if Job kind of develops into more, uh, of a regular rotation player, and he's and I don't know if you expect that, but that, it's another big man you can mm-hmm. you can point to. Blaze Kata, obviously, we're waiting on his return, but there's nobody that can replace Rink Mass in that front court um, without taking quite a big hit already. You see it through four games, um, how important, how crucial he's going to be because the, the the other guys, and I say this with all um, due respect, it's, maybe it's just where they are, or maybe it's just their role. It's just that. They're kind of the role players mm-hmm. within that front court. Josiah Alec, you mentioned it, didn't get a point tonight, and I'm fine with it. He can do – I mean, he might have led Nebraska on body on the floor for, yeah. for a big man. That's that's quite impressive. Um, but that's – you know, his game's not necessarily going to be to, to get 12, 14 points a night, um, as you're going to expect from Rank Moss. Blaze Kate, I don't think you're going to expect that if he goes in there. So – you know, as deep as it is, and there could be, you maybe can take some injuries here and there, probably better prepared for that than next year. Um, that is an in- important thing to kind of look at as we move on. And, um, you know, obviously <laughs> he already got attacked randomly in, in Lincoln. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of an injury that he's been able to overcome and already help with. Uh, who knows? Maybe masked, masked is better, uh, but maybe he'll be even better and, and feel more, more regular when he's able to, to kind of shed that. Uh, so we'll kind of see there. Um, Overall, though, it was uh, it's interesting because Nebraska, we, we we know, and we've already kind of set the expectation is going. A lot of it's going to depend on if their three is going down. And I thought it was pretty impressive tonight. Their three wasn't going down. They were three of mm-hmm. seventeen uh, to start the game in the first half, uh, which means they finished eight of twenty six. Uh, so what, five of nine in the second half, uh, which is really good. But it 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 made them kind of you know kind of adjust and, and accept that hey. The threes aren't falling. We got to find di- kind of different ways to score here in the second half. Um, one of which included an alley oop from an under, you know, an inbounds pass <laughs> from underneath to Kese Tamanaga. Uh, did not have, have that on your bingo card going into the season, much less the game. Probably didn't have zero for three on the free throw line either <laughs> yeah, on your then, bingo uh, card. He missed his, yeah, yeah, two in one opportunities tonight. Might have been three if he got to the line three times, mm. uh, but. That was surprising to see him. I mean, he was close to, what, a 90% three-point shooter last year or free-throw shooter last <laughs> free throw, year. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, maybe still coming back. That's a, it's a little bit odd to see. Nebraska overall from the free-throw line, by the way, um, this was one part of their game that wasn't great tonight. 10 of 17 from the floor, uh, 59%. Um, Gary, as good a game as he had, 19 points on 11 shots, one of four from the free-throw line. You mentioned Tabanaga 0 for 3. And those are the guys that were really dragging them back because uh, the other guys were kind of making their free throws. And I suppose you can live with that, Gary. Um, you know, that's not necessarily his... 
you know, you expect him to do better, I guess, as the season goes along. Both those kind of guys kind of fighting back from injuries. You usually would think the free throw line would be somewhere you can go to kind of get yourself going. Um, But it's apparently the wing on the three. That's the way to do it. Just (laughs) pull up and uh, come back down down the court two times and just drain him. But yeah, I mean, the free throws, they're going to be a stickler for Nebraska, I think, going forward. That's just a number that, unfortunately, uh, I know it's small sample size, but just kind of looking at the guys, I don't expect KSA to continue to struggle. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, looking at a lot of these guys and how they've shot it in the past, that is a one thing to worry about, especially when we get into that Big Ten play. You know, I know a lot of the things in these earlier games is, man, we should be up by more, especially in the first half. You're kind of seeing that. I know if anyone listings on that Husker Reddit, that was a big part of the discussion. Um, and you expand that lead by making your free throws. Uh, you know, under 60%, that's not going to cut it. Uh, that didn't cut it for me, you know, playing basketball at C2 level. So that's just something that can continue to work on. I don't think it's going to be, you know, hovering around that low, uh, but definitely something to keep an eye on. And Kase Tamanaga, I will say, it uh, looked like he was cramping up again. He was on the sideline and no stretching it out a lot. So he's still, I feel like, working into shape. And that could be a lot of it. Gary, the same thing, because when you're on the free throw line, and your legs under un, not underneath you, you know, you're that's where your misses come from. Mm-hmm. So it could be a thing where again, small sample size, maybe you don't want to panic on it too much. Uh, guys coming off of injuries, coming off rotations, getting into that game shape. So hopefully it continues to round out to a higher number. But I, I'm not necessarily expecting a huge improvement from last season. But it just needs to be good enough to where when we get to those Big Ten teams, you just can't be losing games because of free throws. And that unfortunately was a problem for Nebraska, especially early on in the season before the injuries. They had a few where, you know, free throws, you're just not giving yourself a chance when you're shooting that low of a number. Yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll be something to track because it was a problem last year. Uh, this is the Hoops Post Game Show here at 93.7. Take it once again. Nebraska with a 21-point win tonight, 84-63 to over the Stony Brook Seawolves, uh, which, by the way, their their logo, the Seawolves, all that all that put together, that looks like a perfect, uh, like, start your team on NCAA basketball. <laughs> it does. It looks like a default. Day. Yeah, it looks <laughs> like a default logo. But, uh, it, you know, they're working with what they got. Uh, but we we invite you guys to to tune in. Give us your initial thoughts from tonight. Um, and uh, also joining the conversation, Sarder Heyman text line 402-464-5685. We got a few thoughts. Rick from Wahoo says a nice win for the men's team. Great start at 4-0. And uh, 0099 says Bryce Williams can be that dude. I think Bryce Williams mm-hmm. probably had his best game uh, of, the, of the season so far. 17 points, 9 rebounds, uh, 4 assists, 2 of those being offensive rebounds. Uh, very efficient night, six of nine overall, two of three from beyond the arc, and three of four from the free throw line. And I, I think part of it too is just kind of, you know, he's he's a very uh, kind of flow of the game type of guy. I mean, he had some stretches where he was he was kind of attacking. He kind of felt mm-hmm. like he was was hot and was ready to go. And I, I think as the season develops and, and these guys kind of break down into their roles. Um, he is a guy that I expect to continue to to rise and, and be a guy that by the end of the season, as they say, could be that dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's just a tough matchup. You know, he he's kind of proven it. The numbers don't lie. You go six of nine. You go two from three from the three-point line. You get to the free-throw line. You're knocking them down there. You're grabbing nine rebounds. You're dishing out four assists, um, three turnovers. Again, that's that was unfortunately just kind of a team-wide thing here. You go you know across the starting lineup. Uh, two for Mass, three for Lawrence, three for two for Tominaga, three for Williams. But you know, again, just across the board, I think that's you know he does have that potential. 
because he's got a little bit of everything in his bag. You know, he's got a few areas of the court where he can really take over if you're not going to respect him there. You know, if he's yeah. got a size advantage on you, he's shown it. He can go inside. Pretty good driving ability as well if he's got to take you off the dribble. Uh, but from the outside as well, he's he's knocking him down. I'm curious to see, you know, if that number can continue, continue to hang around uh, where it's at right now. But, yeah, he, he can definitely be that guy. And, you know, we kind of talked about at the beginning, it's it's up for grabs a little bit. You expect Tominaga to continue his high score, high scoring effort. Uh, Mass, we kind of know what we're getting there, and a solid all around player. But Williams, I mean, as the season continues to unravel and he can continue being that guy with 17 points on really high efficiency, you're feeling pretty good about the matchups you can have with him out there. Uh, and again, you just got a wide rotation of guards you can throw in there as well. So Bryce Williams. Yeah, definitely a great game from him. Uh, excited to see how it continues forward. And we'll, we'll these guys will get tested, right? We talked about how last season started, very aggressive schedule kind of early on. This season, a little nicer, right? You, you're slowly building up. You don't want to look past Oregon State. But again, you're slowly building up to Creighton. Uh, and these guys are getting tested early uh, by some of these weaker teams. And they're building up. And they're sitting here 4-0. So they're taking care of the job. Not always been pretty. You know, we've had some halves where you think a little sloppy, the turnovers, you help to clean that up, free throws, small things like that you can nitpick at. But we are sitting here at 4-0. They're doing what they need to do, and we're still kind of getting the feel for all these players, how they're going to fit uh, within this rotation. But you definitely know you got a guy in Williams, you got a guy in Tominaga, you got a guy in Mast, and obviously uh, Lawrence, Alec, we know what kind of players they are. And it's just going to be looking at the bench, you know, we talked about no Romelloy Jr. yet. Uh, Sam Hoiberg, CJ Wilcher, it's just a lot of depth on there. And it'll be curious to see how these minutes get distributed out. Uh, you know, looking at Sam Hoiberg, he's a guy where his minutes I'm really curious about. Uh, I do wonder if he's going to be just kind of that defensive stalwart for you. Because um, right now we're seeing it where some of these some of these other guards, you know, offensively they might have a little more uh, to bring, but defensively, you kind of see it with Sam Hoiberg. He's all over the place. So you see, you just got different styles of guards you can throw in here. And I hope as the season grows, especially when you're playing those better teams or on paper, uh, you know, they're going to be quote unquote better. The matchups and what you can throw at them and what we saw with Williams, what we're seeing with Mast, you kind of hope that's the key to it. You know, we have enough different things that we can throw at you uh, to keep you consistently guessing. So even on paper, if you're better, you're going to have a tough time figuring this team out, you know, just on a night in night out basis. Cause we can throw different lineups at you left and right. Well, and I think Hoiberg too is, is kind of evaluated and elevated himself from kind of that walk on and, you know, kind of, you know, that hundred oh, percent, you know, obviously he, he did that last year, but I think there's still always going to be that little kind of stigma. Cause he's not as big. He doesn't, yeah, it doesn't help when you're that short. Yeah. He's, Six not, foot. he's not a big guy. Uh -huh. So I think there's naturally always going to be that. Well, he might be the first guy to, to take out of the minute rotation if, if you get there. But I'm not sure if that's the case because he is a guy, um, you know, you, you could just kind of see it. He's, he's just got a high basketball mm -hmm. IQ. Um, when they, when the, a few times in the first half, I noted it, um, when a, a guy was struggling, he couldn't find somebody to get open. He was cutting and, and they found him, um, you know, to, to, it, it sometimes isn't always leading to points or, or stats type of thing. I did the same thing when he was penetrating and kicking out to open threes, Nebraska was three of 17 for three. So they didn't hit him, but mm -hmm. they, they're basically what should be, or could be assists, uh, you know, most, most part of the season. So, um, Hoiberg continues to impress me. Um, and as far as that bench kind of model that we're talking about, all these different guys fighting to get in that starting lineup. So far, it's been good to be coming off the bench because three out of the four <laughs> leading scorers through four games 
have been off the bench, um, as it happened to, again tonight with Gary, who I, I think is eventually will be in the starting lineup. It happened the other night with Wiltshire, uh, who was at one time in the starting lineup, moved <laughs> to the bench and then led. And then, of course, in the first game with Sam Hoiberg uh, when he led uh, in scoring off the bench. Uh, let's go to some of the text line response again. Ohio Husker says, hey, fellas, great game tonight. My son and I are on the way home from the arena. He wants to know where Stony Brook is located. They are located in Stony Brook, New York. So a little bit of a, a trip from the East Coast from the Sea Wolves tonight. Uh, Dave Braska says Juwan Gary is the man. So a little bit of a, an argument there from Bryce Williams being the dude. Well, Bryce Williams can be the dude. Juwan Gary can be the man. Uh, 8180 says love having a post game show to listen to on the drive home. Also, Tamanaga still isn't a one. Thanks, guys. Keep it up. <laughs> We're going to continue having that argument. And uh, to, to, to stand up for Austin, who is not here tonight, he's got the day off. Uh, and you know, Strick will say the same thing. I think it's, I think it's, I think he's not necessarily a natural one. He kind of does it on the three and three teams. Yeah. Um, and so it, 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 I understand where he's coming from the, the texture and saying that. Um, but I think as Strick has said, it's, it's probably best for him to get some minutes there just heading to the NBA level, because that's where he would have to, mm-hmm. um, would have to kind of develop his game to, to at least be able to do that quite often in the NBA. Um, He's just a very small two for the I NBA. Just, I just really, to me, that's always like, unless the team's like pressing you all the time, it's kind of a exhausting little bit of conversation. Like, yeah, yes, it yep. is. It is a conversation, but how, we talk about all the time how positionless is basketball. You go to the NBA, you watch Nikola Jokic bringing the ball up and down the court. He's not. He's obviously not the point guard, uh, but you're just going to play to your strengths. If you have something going for you, yeah, you might be Casey Tominaga bringing the ball up the court. Uh, you know, to me, it just, it really doesn't matter that much. Give me, if you're in a situation where you need those ball handlers, uh, that's what you're looking for. But yeah. for the most part, you get into your half court set. It's not like we have a team where it's really just sticking, running through the point card like you would see with Chris Paul. So it's a little bit of, yeah, we can dive into it. Uh, but for the most part, like, I'm not really worried about who's going to yeah. be the true one on the team. It's it's a game today where it's so positionless, uh, especially on a team like Nebraska where you got multiple guys sitting out at the three-point line, multiple guys cutting in. Um, you know, we talked about Sam Hoiberg. Give him credit for being a shorter guy. Great finisher. When he goes to the rim, you got to respect it when he's up there because he's got some nice moves. Same thing with Casey Tominaga. Uh, but it's one of those things where I think you're just going to look for the best ball handler and you get in those situations where you got to break a press. Uh, yeah, you probably won't see Tominaga being the guy to bring it out. But for the most part, it would be good to get him some reps there because in the NBA, you know, you get the ball and you go. It doesn't really matter who you are unless you're a Dwight Howard out there. But for the most part, yeah, you just get the ball and go and you run the offense and you got to take those transition points. So it would be smart to kind of get him some reps there so he can get that up tempo if that's the way they want to play it. If shots are falling, you can push the pace. Yeah, it's not going to hurt to put him up there. Uh, but how much it really matters. I don't know if it's that big of a deal on the roster, you know. Well, it's good to see it not forced necessarily, yeah, too, exactly. because there were times when when Bryce McGowan's was playing here where it was it was like you could see they were doing things to allow him to prepare for the NBA, mm-hmm. and it didn't necessarily mean the best thing for the Nebraska current team. And that's kind of the same thing. If you force if you forced him to be the guy that brings it up, the, I mean, you might have more turnovers than you would with your best ball handlers out there. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's 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 just a different era. It's not it's not the number the ones aren't ball dominant like they used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that are, you know, it's kind of a as weird as it is. It's it's an outlier to what it, you know as, as opposed to what it used to be. He's never going to be a, a ball pounding number one in in any case. Exactly uh, because you know he's too much of a threat from the three that you're going to be you're worried about his shot the whole time. So. 
Yeah, uh, probably probably an overexhausted conversation, <laughs> but I appreciate the text because we'll have it every post game show. Absolutely, uh, because there is that argument there. Uh, Fred Not Hoiberg says when everyone else was warming up, shooting from the outside after the half, Gary was at the line working on free throws. Uh, that's interesting. I'd have to check and see if his missed free throws were in the first half because um, I had the first half um, I screenshotted basically what was going on at first in the first half. Um, there it is. Yeah, well, it was 0 for 2 from in the first half. Okay. Uh, so he did hit 1 of 2 in the, in the second half. So mm-hmm. it helped. That's why he made that, <laughs> that free throw in the second half. But that is interesting. Gary, too, you know, it, it's he doesn't have like the purest stroke, I suppose. But it's, you know, it, it's fine. It, I mean, he hit two big threes today. Again, his kind of his run um, and Stony Brook, give him credit because they're not. You know they've got a team that basically, if they're if they're kind of all hitting and doing well, they can kind of give you a stare. But mm-hmm. they don't. You know they're not a, a team that's ready to probably take down a Nebraska consistently. Give them credit because every time Nebraska kind of punched and kind of had a, a play, a big play where the arena was kind of getting excited, and they you know maybe their lead jumped from seven to nine or seven to ten. Or, you know they'd always be able to fight back. Now they eventually just seem seemingly run out of gas. Maybe Nebraska's defense is another game where the defense really stepped it up and toward you know the second half of the second half mm-hmm. or the fourth quarter, if you want to go football terms, um, really <laughs> shut out uh, the opponent. So maybe there's something to that too. I think they just probably just kind of ran out of gas. But give us credit to Stony Brook because I think they gave Nebraska maybe more of a, a of a test than they thought they were going to tonight. Um, heck, what was the uh, what was the kid that shot Frey? Uh, Frey, he, Frey yeah. was a good shooter, and he hit one from the logo, which if you would have expected somebody to hit one from the logo tonight, it might have been Tamanaga, but uh, that was interesting. But Nebraska was always able to bounce back, but there was two stretches I, that I kind of remember um, that really made a difference in this game, and one was in the first half where Nebraska took the, event, the, the initial kind of eight, nine-point lead, whatever it was, when Tamanaga scored eight in a row and had a chance for it to be nine, but he missed his free throw. Um, and then, and then this, this second half when Juwan Gary kind of just went off, I think he had two threes and a, and a made bucket there and, and re, actually rebounding a Tominaga missed free throw. <laughs> Sorry, Tominaga, your free throws were important tonight. Uh, and it's kind of the flow of the game. Uh, but you know, those were kind of the two key stretches before kind of the end stretch to me, uh, where Nebraska really started separating and Stony Brook just couldn't get uh, a bucket. Mississippi mud dog, uh, chimes in says I want to see Alec put someone in a headlock like Draymond this year he is our Draymond <laughs> I don't know if he's uh <laughs> I want him on the court still yeah. so let's let's Draymond get, from the headlock. might get five game suspension is the latest from that and uh yeah I don't know if that's necessarily the key I'll I'll tell you what I wouldn't want to get in a fight with the uh, for this with this team though they got some scra- scrappy guys out there oh yeah and that's that's one thing you do love about this Nebraska basketball team is defensively I think you're definitely right uh, you know, Gary has that nice run in the second half. You start seeing Fry really just have some crazy shots that, you know, they they gave Stony Brook a little bit of momentum. At one point, you're looking at the game, and I think it was 49 to 56, and you're like, oh, man, this is yeah. this is getting close here. Fry really made a huge push. Uh, despite Gary making the threes, They here they come. Uh, but nonetheless, as it continues to play out, I do think they just got worn out. You see Nebraska, even when other teams are making shots, uh, they do close out really hard. I'm curious to see what it looks like when they – they deal with that really big inside presence, uh, a team like Purdue that's going to just consistently run it through um, the five. Because right now we have plenty of guards with fresh legs that we can throw out there. Uh, we can hound you all game. On the inside, 
We talked about it. Uh, injuries, obviously, get some guys back. That'll help out a lot. But, you know, if we have games where Mass is getting in trouble uh, in foul territory, it's, it's going to be tough to kind of slow those teams down. But as it's going right now, sitting here 4-0, the defensive effort's been great. You know, you can argue that last game, you know, without that eight-minute just keeping them absolute dry, that's a game you could potentially lose, which we've seen in the past with this Fred Hoiberg team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for eight minutes, shots weren't falling, and they had to rely on their defense. And, you know, I talked to, again, getting the opportunity to talk to Sam Hoiberg, Jeff Grace III on Walk On Weekly. Um, you know, they said that wasn't even a conversation in the huddles or anything. They just kind of know when they're not making shots, that's what needs to be done. They need to take extra focus and locking on the defensive end of the court. Uh, if shots just aren't falling your way. And it's just been impressive. You know, I think last game you look at the defense is a huge reason they won. Uh, this game, defense is a huge reason why you just kind of exhausted them out. They go for a run, um, but that airtight defense was still there. There's only so many, you know, threes you can shoot from the Nebraska S before you start missing. So, you know, it's times like that. You make those big shots, uh, but you don't get down on yourself. You continue to close out hard. Even when Fry was having that nice run there, uh, they're still closing out really hard, keeping good composure, not laying an easy blow by. Because you'll see that too. A guy gets hot, you want to start chasing around all over the court, then he's killing you inside, and you're giving your centers all sorts of trouble. They're kicking out. That's how the momentum starts to build. You know, it goes from the three to you getting blown off the dribble because you're over pursuing it. Uh, But this team, fundamentally, they seem really locked in on that side of the court. You know, you don't see him make a whole ton of mistakes. You don't see guys getting into foul trouble left and right. Uh, They just play really sound basketball at that end of the court. And as the season continues, that's a real strength for Nebraska. If they really take pride in that, which they did last season through injuries and, you know, just kind of had to lean in that way because you didn't have it on paper offensively, that's going to be a big factor for Nebraska. If they want to really make a run this year in the Big Ten, you know, when it gets to the Big Ten tournament time, you want to have a good seed. There's going to be games where you're leaning on your defense Uh, because obviously if you're going to be a three-point shooting team, you've seen those, you know, even the Warriors at the greatest peaks, a bad shooting night's going to lose you games if that's what your offense is predicated around. So that's, to me, that's been, you know, one of the greater signs of this team is that the defense hasn't seemed to take it a step back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and they're still doing that uh, that doubling down on the post that we saw so much last year. And Stony Brook tried to figure it out, but um, and at times got some open shots out of it. Um, but other times it kind of bothered him. Uh, this is the Hoops Post Game Show brought to you by Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical. I'm Jake Bakovin. He is Harrison Arns. Uh, we really appreciate you guys chiming in. We've had a good conversation with you on the Sardar Heyman text line, 402-464-5685. Unfortunately, we do have to take breaks. So we will go ahead and take a break, pay off a, pay off a little bit of our bills and get some of our sponsors' uh, commercials in. But we'll be right back after this once again. We are celebrating the fourth victory for Nebraska Hoops. With an 84-63 victory over Stony Brook tonight, Uh, we will be right back after this break. show thanks for joining us it is sponsored by action plumbing heating ac and electrical we're celebrating a fourth husker victory tonight as they stand undefeated 4-0 uh with an 84 to 63 victory over the stony brook seawolves huskers led in scoring tonight by juan gary in his season debut and uh again apologize to juan gary a little bit because when tominaga made his season debut i was like it's the it's the time (laughs) this is tominaga town and everything and uh gary makes his debut and uh Probably plays even better, I suppose, than Tominaga has in either game, and I haven't made quite as big a deal out of it. And I think that that's somewhat fair, uh, given Tominaga's star and, and, and kind of where he is, and we understand uh, the threat he can be shooting the ball. But 
in in a, in a similar way, Juwan Gary could be argued as maybe I wouldn't say just as important as Tamanaga, but maybe that next guy. We talk about who's going to kind of lead the team in scoring, and, and Gary certainly doesn't have to be a scorer, but he can be. Um, and when we talk about consistency and expecting uh, rank mass, as we open up the show to say, man, he's going to be consistent. He's going to be one of those guys night in and night out. I think you got to say the same thing with Juwan Gary. Um, a lot, lot last year it was kind of like those in between hustle points mm-hmm. type of thing. But again, if he if his three point is falling like it was tonight, um, that can quite add quite a dimension to his game. Um, it, it it'd be weird. It, it's kind of hard to say again because he's kind of a hustle. You know, kind of makes that the, the play that somebody else wouldn't make. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't again call him a, a three level scorer too efficiently, but he is a three level scorer in, in general. So, I mean, he, he can, uh, you know, score from any, any time on, on the floor. Again, I don't think that's necessarily going to be his role night in and night out. Um, but he did grind it out, got 19 points on 11 shots tonight. And again, if that three point three pointer is falling, um, he's about as dangerous as anybody on the court. Yeah. And uh, you know, to be fair, if you're a efficient, consistent three-point score uh, in Division One Power 5 basketball. You're probably a pretty high NBA draft pick as well. So there's not yeah. a whole lot of guys out there that are going to do it night in, night out basis. But yeah, he's definitely got a lot of that part of his game. And I'll just be curious to see, you know, if this consistently bees the trend for him. Because CJ Wiltshire, we talked about it, a little bit of the same thing. He can score at multiple levels. If he can get that three-point shot to start dropping for him, uh, went 0 for 2 tonight. You hope for that number to hopefully tick up. Uh, obviously, on the team, they shot about 31%. So, you know, it's not like it's a horrible number or anything. But definitely some guys that they're going to kind of ebb and flow with that three-point shot. You know, he's going to be – Gary's going to be a lot of what C.J. Wiltshire's kind of got his own offense built around. You know, if that three-point shot starts falling, uh, you can really start doing a lot of damage inside. Uh, Gary, a little more so inside. He's just got to kind of – seems like a plethora of moves he can use. Uh, good finisher around the rim. The free throws, we'll, we'll hope – again, we talked about that before. Just overall as a team, I don't think anyone's playing uh, necessarily up to their standard other than a select few. But, yeah, he's going to have that opportunity to be that three-way scorer. Uh, how consistent is it? Uh, we don't really know as of now, but that's the beauty of being a three point three level scorer is you can go to different parts of your game, uh, try to figure it out when that shot isn't falling. And that is the one of the things with this Nebraska team where it is good to see 84 points on a night where you shoot, you know, about 30% on your threes. I think it's going to be, you know, what does Nebraska do when the three point shot isn't falling? It gets a quality opponent uh, that can really defend you inside. So when that three point shot isn't falling, you know, that's to me, that's going to be my biggest fear heading into these tougher games is when do you do when the three point shot isn't falling uh, when that's what your offense is predicated by that's where you're going to need the guys like you're going to need Gary you're going to need CJ Wilcher uh, Hoiberg on defense obviously and uh, you just kind of hope for Tom Anaga to do enough inside as well again you know you look at his stats for Kasey Tom Anaga 7 for 11 but four of those misses all four three point shots so he was 100% shooting inside the three-point line. So he's another guy where he you don't really look at him, you know, as a two-level two, two scorer, you know. You just see three-point shot, but he'll catch up inside the same way, and he's really good around finishing around the rim. I will see, want to see what that looks like when you are playing those trees, when you're playing against the Purdue's. They got seven-footers, but we talked about, you know, Stony Brook had a couple of those seven-footers, and it was sluggish in the first half, and I think that was a big part of it. The threes aren't falling. Um, 
inside. You're trying to figure out ways to work past those seven footers. And they did kind of figure out that recipe towards the end there. It helps when you start making your threes. Help. That's you know kind of what we're talking about. When Gary starts popping off those threes, stretching that defense out, and pretty soon you really start kind of stretching out that lead. They play a little faster, leads to turnovers, fast break points, uh, but they still really haven't had that challenge where it's going to have to come consistently inside uh, or just hope to make, you know, maybe at 30% of your threes. That to me is going to be the challenge for this Nebraska basketball team. Yeah, well, and like you said, I mean, it, it's pretty common for a lot of teams. You, you Nebraska for a long time. I mean, this is finally a roster, I think, uh, that Fred Hoiberg kind of envisioned bringing in where you had, uh, you know, five guys out on the court that could uh, threaten from beyond the arc. And, and if not here and there, you can spot play guys or, or play even, you know, fully play a, a guy here and there down low that isn't going to be that case necessarily. But for the most part, everybody can shoot. Um it, but you're still you're not guaranteed to be hitting them, you know, night in night out. There's there was once a time when a lot of basketball critics would would say uh, a, a, a primarily jump shooting team would never win a championship because it's just not consistent enough night to night. Now the the, the Splash Brothers kind of threw that away and changed basketball <laughs> as we knew it. Um, but it, you know there was kind of a reason uh, for that thought process. So there's going to be nights where Nebraska isn't shooting well, and thank God for him tonight that Stony Brook was also three of seventeen from beyond exactly. the arc in the first half. Uh, that being said, I think that, you know, some of these games, it's not just, you know, yes, you're beating lower level opponents or whatever, but, you know, it's nice not to just kind of run away with some of these games. It's, it's, it's good to get some of a test and a different look. And tonight's look, I think, was that, was that they, they were struggling uh, from beyond the arc. They made the adjustment at half. They only took nine threes in the second half. And despite that, ended up scoring 48 points in the second half as opposed to 36 in the first half when they were, when they were launching threes left and right. Um, so they did kind of uh, made the adjustment there. Again, a lot of that was Juwan Gary and Bryce Williams kind of getting into their own uh, game. Um, it's also worthy of noting that this team, again, was passing the ball well. 19 assists on 33 made shots. They've been they've been double digits and, and you know, close to that 15 to 19 mark game in and game out. Again, competition steps up. That might be a little bit more difficult, but you love to see that. Um, and that's part of the vision as well is moving the ball around and finding the open man. Um, so I, again, I think tonight, tonight you kind of got the the test of what if our threes aren't falling. I think against Ryder, you kind of got the test of what if our offense isn't really going in general. Um, and I think from four games, you know, there's something to be said about these guys learning to play together in chemistry. Um, but there is something to be said also about a little bit of the lower level of of, of competition that they're playing. And so I think it's kind of a tell that there are going to be nights when they have to re- go back and rely on that defense or, or find different ways to score um, other than just kind of launching up threes. There's going to be also be nights where they're hitting everything and launching up threes is, is the exact <laughs> thing that they need to do. And I don't mind them kind of starting with that because they've got enough guys to get it done. But I, I, again, I think that was a, a bit of the story tonight is to, to be able to overcome a bad three-point shooting night and turn it into a not-so-bad three-point shooting night. I mean, you want to shoot better than 31% from beyond the arc, um, but... You know, that's not going to drag your totals down too much mm-hmm. for the season. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned those assists because you look at, you know, Stony Brook's assist numbers, they only six on the night. Uh, that, again, really speaks to Nebraska's defense. There wasn't a whole lot of easy passes that Stony Brook can make uh, for a quick, easy basket. You know, we'll see what it looks like when we have some more skilled players, more skilled competition. But for the most part, you know, those those easy assists just weren't there for them. You know, they did have 10 steals, so again, we'll... Turnover is a little bit of a thing to watch for. Again, 14 too many, but 19 for Nebraska. And to me, that's with the way this offense is running and flowing, uh, how they like to get to their shots. This feels like a number that's going to stay consistently pretty high for this team. And that, 
you know, it's a good sign, especially playing this, you know, collegiate level basketball. When you get to March Madness, you see a lot of those teams that can consistently push past the bracket. They have good assist totals, uh, and they got a bunch of guys that play that selfless basketball. You think about, you know, what Kansas is typically, uh, you know, a lot of that's team chemistry as well, which is great to have guys like Tom Inaga come back, CJ Wiltshire, but you're going to need that. You can't just walk into games with K-State Tominaga is our guy. If he drops, you know, if he doesn't drop 30 plus points, uh, we're in trouble. You know, this few games now where he hasn't had to necessarily light up the stat sheet, but the ball is moving around enough, giving everyone a chance to be able to find that hot hand. There's so many times where in years past, again, you kind of look at Bryce McGowan's, um, obviously they were trying to set him up for the NBA, but that offense would get stagnant. The other guys would get touches on the ball. They're cold. And the whole team was shooting cold if McGowan was shooting cold because it wouldn't get to the other guys' hands as often until he did get cold. So it just kind of makes you feel good about the way the ball's moving. And it's going to find the hot hand. You know, I'm not saying it's good that the ball's, you know, moving and it's not always sticking in Casey Tominaga's hand. If he's on fire, we'll know it because the ball's moving around enough for it to find him eventually. And then the way the offense is kind of set up, it'll continue to just feed him over and over on those dribble handoffs and set up what can be a really fun offense, like you said, if the threes are falling. Uh, lots to still to break down. We've got to go to break once again. This is the Hoops Post Game brought to you by Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical. He is Harrison Arns. I am Jake Bokovan. Uh Still, again, more to talk about. We haven't mentioned Jamarcus Lawrence tonight, uh, who played uh, probably his best game at the one. We'll, we'll go back to that discussion. <laughs> Shout out to the texter. <laughs> yep. And uh, also... Uh, let's talk a little bit about who lost some minutes. Who lost some minutes in the rotation tonight? It might not be um, in totality, but at least for tonight, with Juwan Gary back in the rota- rotation, who kind of lost those minutes? Again, we'll let you know. Coming up next here on the Hoops Post Game Show on 93.7 The Ticket, we'll be right back. Wrapping up things here on the Hoops Post Game Show on another victorious night. Nebraska wins 84-63 to over Stony Brook to improve to 4-0. I'm Jake Bachman. He is Harrison Arns. And this is brought to you by Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical. Shout out to them again for another year of sponsoring the Hoops Post Game Show. We will be with you, and you need to tune in to us after every Hoops Post Game, after every Hoops Game this year, absolutely, including Oregon State, which I know that's in the middle of the uh, Nebraska Wisconsin game. But uh, is that the debut of Eric Strickland? It should be the debut of Eric Strickland. Again, once again, shout out to him. BTN Plus tonight did an excellent job on the broadcast. Uh, last thing I wanted to hit to real quick. Uh, I mentioned it in, going into break. Jamarcus Lawrence, I thought, had uh, a pretty productive night tonight. Eight points, five rebounds, four assists, um, three turnovers. So going to need to clean that up a little bit. Uh, four of eight from the field, 0 of two from beyond the arc. Still not hitting that. And shout out to Strick again, who uh, was kind of saying, uh, as Strick liked to say, the, the middies. He got kind of got to <laughs> got to get to his his mid his mid range shot until that three point shot starts because he has struggled out of the gate from there. Um, also made a you know a fast break dunk there toward the end to kind of help out his numbers. But uh, I thought that he is he looks like he's growing more and more comfortable in that starting lineup, uh, being the guy that the primary ball hander. Yeah, absolutely. It uh, you know and I think it'll come with time. Again, you talked about the turnovers a little bit, uh, especially with the offense we run. I keep comparing. It, I hate doing that. I watch a lot of NBA, so you have to forgive yeah. me. Uh, but you look at the Warriors, right? It's not the same offense, but it's a lot of it's dribble handoffs that get into the three-point shot. The Warriors typically lead the NBA in turnovers. So that's just one of those things where it is one of those offenses where it is going to lead uh, to more turnovers. You have to be mentally locked in when you're throwing the ball around that much. It's great for the assist numbers. Uh, turnovers, you just got to gotta watch it on there. But I thought his role tonight, uh, you know, he, he, he seems definitely to be getting more comfortable. I think it's just going to continue to take time for this team to gel. Again, just referring to those t- turnover numbers, that's that's a lot of it to me. 
is when you're going to run this type of offense, it's going to take time for those players to get comfortable on it. It's going to take time to dwindle those turnovers down and just not let it simply be a bane of your offense. And tonight, you know, it wasn't like overly egregious, uh, but you just always want to be on the winning end of that turnover margin. Uh, watching Nebraska football, you know why that's important. Uh, but yeah, nonetheless, I think it's just going to take time. He, he had a game where looking like he's getting more comfortable in the role, and I'm just kind of excited to see what this continues to build up to. I also mentioned uh, we could we could update you on a minutes watch as Juwan Geary enters the conversation, uh, gets 23 minutes off the bench. Of course, that's going to eat at some of the other minutes in the rotation. Uh, C.J. Wilcher down a bit. He's been averaging around 20. He was in at 14 uh, today. I'm not sure uh, what everybody is averaging here. Uh, Boogie Coleman at 11. You know, I think maybe we've seen a little bit more of him. Sam Hoiberg at 13, so probably partially eating at some of those minutes. But Eli Rice was really the big one to me, mm-hmm. who had just four minutes tonight, kind of came in with the backups, did get a good block in there. Um, but, uh, yeah, for now, and, and, and he's a young guy, so maybe that makes some sense. Also, uh, we should be noted, uh, we saw the tweet, kind of got excited today because Rock Lloyd tweeted out that Ramel was healthy and ready to go, and he didn't even get in as far as... Um, basically when you're entering the bench and Kel Jacobson and, and, and Henry Burton, some of those guys got in. So that was also of note. I'm not sure. Um, maybe there'll be a question uh, to, to Hoiberg that we can kind of kind of find out what's going on there. Otherwise, we'll just ask yeah, the well, Lloyds. I'll tell you what. We got Lloyds and Lincoln <laughs> well, every Sunday from 11 to 12. So if you want the answer uh, why Ramel Lloyd Jr. wasn't quite in the game, maybe we'll figure that out on Sunday. Yeah. Could be one of those things, too. It's like, hey, we know you're healthy. Um, you just got cleared for rehab, but let's let's really – just take this thing slow because uh, he's one of those guys where he's, he's got a lot of eligibility left. You know, yeah, he hasn't, yeah. hasn't seen the court. Um, so for him, he's the guy who's been injured, set back, injured, set back. And it's kind of been that pattern for him, an unfortunate pattern. And you see that all the times when I can imagine Mel Lloyd Jr. is rushing to get back. Yeah. He's He's been itching to play D1 basketball uh, <laughs> since he life, got out yeah, of high school yeah, well, yeah. and he hasn't been able to do it. And it's just been constant injury setback. So I'm sure it's a lot of him. Uh, I, w- I don't want to say rushing because I know he takes that very seriously, uh, but I'm sure the staff wants to be really careful knowing a guy with his injury history that let's make sure that when you're playing, you know, we're not holding our breath uh, for something bad to happen. I think it was just more of a just let's be safe on this. And against a Stony Brook team, maybe you don't have to, you know, bring him out there yet, especially when you're talking about the rest of the rotation of trying to figure out the minutes yet. It might have made sense for that game. Uh, also, a question off the text line. Dave Braska says, is Oregon State any good? Oregon State is 3-0. and They've had a double overtime victory over Troy and an overtime victory over Appalachian uh, State. So they've only played three games, but they've played maybe the amount of four. So they're little, <laughs> hopefully they're a little bit tired. As far as were they good last year, absolutely not. They were one of the worst teams in the mm-hmm. Pac-12. So it, it should be seen as a winnable game for Nebraska and a bit of a disappointing loss if they end up do losing. Uh, that will be the next game. If you still have your uh, Peacock pass package that you paid for <laughs> for the Maryland game, you're in luck because this game will be on Peacock, uh, and you can watch once again uh, tip-off for 3 p.m., uh, so can kind of get you prime and ready uh, a whole Husker day on Saturday. Of course, Nebraska football doesn't kick off on NBC until that evening. So, uh, But that'll be our next chance to talk with you. This will wrap up our post-game show here on 93.7 The Ticket, the Hoops post-game show. Once again, brought to you by Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical. I'm Jake Bachman. He is Austin 
Uh, excuse me, Harrison Whoa. Arns. I was going to call you Austin Arns. That happens a lot. Something. I don't yeah. know if it's just me and Austin. I, I know we both coming in at probably like a buck seventy-five, so <laughs> that's a lot to do with it. But yeah, nonetheless, <laughs> definitely stay tuned. Uh, we got the Don Athlete Project up next. That's always a great one from ten to eleven p.m. Absolutely. Some more on its way from ninety-three-seven. The ticket once again. The Hoops Post Game Show will be back with you every game uh, following following any game for Nebraska here uh, as Nebraska next game once again will be Oregon State on Saturday. So we will talk to you then. Stay tuned uh, for more coming up here on 93.7 Ticket.